Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and joining us today is Estella Haramio. She is the co-founder at BWAM. Estella, thank you so much for joining us here today. Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I am I'm pretty stoked to talk about your company because I think it is a very important company. Um, why don't you give us and our listeners a little insight into BWAM. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. So BWAM is a digital coach for women's intimate and sexual health. We offer our users first a test, then we provide them with an evaluation, and then they get access to personalized care plan to address their symptoms. And these care plans include guided pelvic floor and core exercises, recommendations for nutrition, breath work, posture, um, daily habits, and it also has a tracking tool so that they can keep track of their symptoms, their evolution, and, and kind of like understand their health better. Um, our mission is basically to provide a platform for women to get personalized, trustworthy information, uh, to understand their bodies, symptoms, what to expect at every different stage of life from puberty to menopause. So as you can imagine, we uh, deal with a lot of taboo issues such as incontinence, painful sex, uh, recovery postpartum, all of those things. Well, that's fantastic. And, you know, in our in our age, age bracket, I think a lot of women are having children. And especially mm-hmm. with pregnancy and postpartum, I think when I talk to my friends, not everyone really talks about what happens after the baby, you know, after, and I think that yes. there's so many changes and, and people don't seem to even be aware of them (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely you're you're so right it is something that nobody talks about what happens after and it's not a fundamentally transformational process and if we openly talked about what the experience of postpartum recovery is what things you can do in order to set yourself up for success I feel sometimes like you know the world expects women and now there's more pressure than ever to just magically bounce back without any help and the truth is that there's a lot of changes that your body's going through that you don't even understand and mm-hmm. you know if we provide a better postpartum care and more guidance I'm sure that a lot of women would transition out of that period successfully and would have less problems and complications farther down the line because those things show up then 10 years later you know so um, and particularly when it comes also to just feeling more like yourself, you know, it's also an emotionally charged process. Process. So yeah, definitely we need better protocols and support. Yeah, it's 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 a huge roller coaster. It's not just I I, I don't have any children, <laughs> but I have friends who've had children, and I see I see what they go through, and it's you know it's hormonal, it's emotional, it's physically mm-hmm. completely morphing, and. And like you said, 10 years later, if you haven't recovered properly because you think, oh, I don't, you know, I will just recover naturally or this is just going to be okay Mm -hmm. and easy, you have these issues that can really take a hold of your life. Like you were saying, you know, painful sex or uh, incontinence, things like that. And all of those could Mm -hmm. have been avoided had you just known how to recover. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's, that's the main change that we want to create. Um, while we try to do advocacy for the system to pay more attention to this period, we really want to provide women with an alternative that they can use on their own in the privacy of their homes and just get comfortable with understanding all these different issues and, and uh, aspects of their bodies and, and really take charge of that and feel empowered to say, hey, I had a child, but I, my life goes on and I really want to, you know, experience pleasurable sex um, as, as I age and I still want to feel like myself and I want to, you know, just have the possibility of going somewhere that's safe where you can find all that information. I think it's, yeah, it's really relevant. And I think especially with sexual health for both men and women, it's something that is typically word of mouth or it's talked about in groups <laughs> of friends or things like that. Um, and this app, you know, allows that to continue, but you're not having to talk to a friend or, you know, a, a trusted family member. You are talking to a healthcare professional. And it's like you said, in the privacy of your own home. And I think that a lot of times, too, um, especially in our in our technology day and age, we might not necessarily have the same, you know, time to sit down with our friends and talk about these issues. You know, everyone's so fast paced, yeah. so we feel we can't do it. And now if you're in the mm-hmm. cover of your own home, under your circumstances, you know, it's it's a lot easier. Yeah, and, and it also gives you a good resource for your just to, for advocating for yourself if you need to. Like if you feel like something's mm-hmm. off, oftentimes in such a um, changing period, um, we're not getting enough support from providers. We're in a very saturated system where providers rarely have 10 minutes for patients. And it's good to learn on your own and do the homework and be able to say, hey, I know something's off and these are the symptoms and this is how long it's been going on because then you're going to get also, you know, better response and, and, and probably better solutions than when you're just, I don't know what's going on with me, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's about take, it's about taking charge. It's about uh, us becoming active um, advocates of our health and an active and empowered part of it and really being able to understand how making slight changes and building certain habits are going to have a great impact over time. No, absolutely. So I guess walk us through the product and, and how it works. You touched on it a little bit. Um, so when you, mm-hmm. when you download the app, you take a test mm-hmm. and kind of answer some questions. Uh, what else does it offer and how else can you use it? So once you've answered all the questions and you're interacting with an avatar, which is our digital coach, um, and the more questions you um, answer, the more personalized your contents are going to be. Once you're, you've um, answered a set of questions, you're going to get access to your care plans, and each one of them is going to be oriented towards a specific goal, either a symptom that you need to improve or to prevent a symptom that you could develop because of your demographic age, etc. So let's say one of my plans is to improve your sexual experience, right? Because I'm experiencing some discomfort during sex and I want to improve that. So I click on that plan and a four-week goal starts. And then every day I'm going to get different content. So I'm going to get educational articles. I'm going to get sets of three pelvic floor exercises that are geared towards addressing that issue specifically. I'm going to complete those exercises. Then I'm going to get information about habits that I need to integrate. And then I'm going to go to my tracking tool. and I'm going to say, this is my symptom today. And this is the exercises that I've done today. And you know, continue like that. And then over time, after four weeks, you're going to notice the improvements in your symptoms. That's fantastic. I love that you have a a personalized coach to really Mm -hmm. uh, help you sort through all the information. It's not like you have to look it up 
yourself and self-identify the symptoms, you have someone guiding you. Yeah, and the data is definitely the fundamental part of our service. It's the fact that we ask a lot of thorough questions and then therefore can provide recommendations that are relevant. Because if you start, you know, we've all been there, we've all been had some issue and, and been very confused and went to Google and it was a it was mayhem and, and there was too many different conflicting or even contradictory answers to our problems and that generates a lot of anxiety. So I think that providing people with something that's addressing their concerns it's it's really important it just it can really um avoid a lot of pain and trouble <laughs> absolutely and you're very you're very female centered this is an app for women um mm-hmm. i guess what are some of the biggest differences like you know why do you feel that uh that you want to focus just on women now do you have plans to have a, a men's section of this as well or maybe even a couple section we do have some content um that address you know but they're t- totally geared for women. It's it's about, for instance, pleasure, improving your sexual experience, either when you're mm-hmm. on your own or when you're with your partner, and some like tip and tr- tips and tricks. But for us, what was fundamental is to really provide a space where women can go to and understand their body at all different stages of life, because our bodies go through fundamental changes that men's bodies don't go through. Obviously, we all age, we all have to take care of our health, but men don't get their periods when they're 13 and then have to think about fertility and prepare their bodies for that and then go through pregnancy and postpartum, which is life-changing, and then address the symptoms that come with menopause. So we really wanted to focus on female health. We're starting to also build Mm -hmm. content for breast cancer prevention, ovarian cancer prevention, endometriosis. There's so many things in female health that are under-researched and under or misdiagnosed at the moment that we thought that we had a lot of work to do in this area. So, you know, this is our core. Obviously, men have their own sexual health problems. And I think that there's more companies out there addressing those even, but um, it's it's not our core. What we want to make sure is that women are confident and, and really start feeling freer and more allowed to actually prioritize their health and themselves as opposed to always taking care of everyone else and forgetting that you know they're also a person that has needs. <laughs> <laughs> no, ab- absolutely. And I think that we're very spoiled um in in the US in in that way where women do have more of a voice and have a little bit more access, although still limited um comparatively mm-hmm. to to maybe other countries where you know doctors might not even talk to them about certain things. So it's, exactly. it, I love I love that you're I love that you're allowing this to to really come to fruition. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced throughout this journey? Um, well, you know, I guess like any other startup venture, there's it, there's always going to be challenges and there's always going to be obstacles in the road. Um, trying to bring in a project that's so focused on intimate health issues obviously comes with a lot of funny situations and a lot of obstacles of their own. Um, you have to learn how to communicate on digital platforms in order to not be censored you need to kind of like bypass the fact that some things are not allowed because they're considered pornographic when they are not but that's Mm. how it's um, viewed by certain platforms online and social media and advertising places Uh, secondly you have to become very comfortable with making other people uncomfortable (laughs) i'm constantly (laughs) pitching in front of you know, rooms with 200 people and, and usually there's, you know, we're in the healthcare sector, it's very male dominated. So usually there's like 80% men older than me. I had to become extremely comfortable with explaining why this matters 
and not be deterred by an audience that might not initially understand it and just sit with it and, and stick to it and, and know my numbers and my facts and understand that, you know, there's people that are going to be uncomfortable with it, but that's okay. Um, it's part of what we're doing. It's normalizing these problems. We, you know, we talk about, oh, I had the flu. I had a fever. Why do we think it's such a shameful thing to say, you know, during my postpartum recovery, I had incontinence and I worked on it mm-hmm. and I did ABCD and now I'm fine. Let's just make it more normal for people so that they feel comfortable to ask for help. And so there, there are those challenges. And then, like I said, like any other sort of ventures, just like stay, staying on top of everything, being innovative, making sure that we're integrating the latest technology. There's so much going on in the space and it can be pretty overwhelming. Um, fundraising is another thing that, you know, particularly with the nature of what we do, becomes a little bit harder. Even. Yeah, I'd say that those are the main areas. But other than that, when you have a lot of passion and you really believe in what you want to build, and I definitely know that this is something that I truly deeply care about, you just, you know, the rest is just business problems. You can, like, find a strategy and overcome them. <laughs> and that kind of leads me to my, my, my other question. You know, you're you're saying you're pitching to rooms of men, you know, and that's that's the space that we're in right now with technology. How receptive are men becoming? Do you see a change at all in the male community towards women's sexual health and towards caring about it more? I have. I most definitely have. If I think about when we started early 2015, the conversation about public war, sexual health, female sexual dysfunction was practically non-existent outside the medical community of OBGYNs, public for physical service. It was something that people didn't talk about. Women suffer in silence and they were even judged by it. It was, well, and there's still a lot of work to do. I'm talking about, you know, like the uh, we're in the phase where at least the early adopters of this new movement of awareness around women's health are getting it. And so now I see three years in how there's a lot more men who are asking questions, who are getting interested, who are starting to realize that there's so much more to it than what they were told or what they knew. And I think that also movements such as Me Too and Times Have had played a role into allowing women to have the space to voice these concerns and not feel ashamed by them anymore. So mm-hmm. it's definitely something that now it's starting to be trendy and, and more and more people write about it. There's so many more articles right now on the web about this type of things that there were before. We're talking now also emotional health and it's it's very fascinating. It's very exciting. I think it's a very exciting time. Um, there's obviously still, we can't go blindsided and think that just because we are like, I'm based out of New York, I've been in LA Barcelona, like those communities are kind of like spearheading this change. And we can't forget that that's not the case everywhere else in the U.S. or in the world for that Mm -hmm. matter. So, you know, I always try to keep my feet on the ground and be like, oh, I'm very excited that everybody's talking about this now and listening. But not everywhere. Definitely not everywhere. There's still a lot of work to do. But I think that having men understand better, you know, all these issues and the role they play just even as partners, as supportive partners, helping them understand how they can, you know, be there during a postpartum period and help, how they can be better in understanding women's sexual needs when there's a dysfunction. I think it's super important and it's going to bring us to a place of better understanding between, between you know, men and women too. And and taking away the the taboo or even the shame, I think that a lot of times in, at least you see it like on, these, on Instagram and on social media when people have these 
have children and it's all just these beautiful photos and happy people and you know you see the mom and she looks glowing <laughs> and she loves her baby yeah. and then if you don't if you don't feel like that photo you think there's something wrong with you <laughs> I know there's so much pressure in many senses there's a lot of pressure for mothers to bounce back immediately we need to put out more real messages we need more real people so talking and being like and you know it's it's great if someone um has been fit and into fitness their entire life obviously that's going to facilitate their body kind of like adjusting back to where it was before but not everybody's in the same situation and i think that having respect for everyone's journey is very important trying not to compare yourself um this is this is our <laughs> this is our daily life. I think for women, there's always been something. It's always been like, you need to look in a certain way and you need to behave in a certain way or dress. And then that translates into motherhood too. And it's a moment where we're very vulnerable and yet we have all these pressures and we're seeing all these images. And and sometimes, you know, I, I, I like to, to say that we need to have a more human take on social media and mm-hmm. tell the whole story, you know, like, yes, I look this way now, but how did I get here? And what did I go through and what, you know, just trying to, to be inclusive and, and helpful and, and human. And, and that, would, that would help, I think, because it's true that I see a lot of moms suffering because their journey is maybe taking a little bit longer. But we always say the same. It's, everybody has different needs. And um, as long as you're working towards your goals and staying healthy and talking to a specialist whenever you need to, you'll get there some other time. And I think the pendulum is swinging back toward, uh, you know, more realistic posts because, you know, in the very first wave of Instagram, it was, you know, or social media in general, you know, it, it was very, uh, it was very real. Oh, look, I'm going to snap a picture of my life and da, da, da. And then all of a sudden, all these brands came in and it became, yeah, everyone has their own personal brand. Everyone is an advertisement. Mm-hmm. Everything has to look like an advertisement. And it really, for the last few years, Absolutely. has gone into such a manicured space, but I feel mm-hmm. like the pendulum is swinging back and I'm seeing a lot more posts that are, you know, makeup free Monday or whatever, or they do those uh, transitions yeah. for postpartum, you know, the, the pregnancy transition photos. And, and I think that that is really going to bring the world back to, to its center. <laughs> yes. Yes. I absolutely agree. I'm very excited about those movements, whether, you know, when um, Alicia Keys spearheaded a no makeup movement too, and, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of, mothers right now that are showing their postpartum body and being like very real about this is how I feel about my body right now but I'm trying to be kind and I'm trying to just understand that my body just created a life and therefore I should not be pushing it to be what I want it to be or or to look the same way that it looked before I got pregnant because it's been through so much and we need to you're absolutely right I completely agree we need to get to a place where we don't use social media to create this unrealistic vision of someone's life so filtered um not just visually but actually in terms of the content and what we actually share and just utilize it to do good by people I think right and um -hmm. and create a space for people also to express their concerns a lot of moms are actually turning to uh Instagram to say hey this is happening to me am I the only one like we see it in our social media and there's also this pockets of community building up which is very very interesting to see where people are supporting each other you know absolutely so if people are interested in you know getting this app they're interested in in joining or just learning more about it what are the best ways to connect so they can either go to our website which is www.b-wom.com 
BWOM, or they can just look for the app in the App Store. It's available in iOS and Android. Just have to either type in women's health, intimate health, or just find it by the name, B-W-O-M, and check it out. It's free download, and you can only take the test. If it's for you, I'm sure that you're going to have an immediate way, which is going to be learning about your health and your body, and yeah, then just take it from there. Fantastic. Well, Estella, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast and sharing this incredibly necessary and, and beautiful movement. Thanks to you, Julia, for having me. It was a great time. That is Estella Jaramillo Rios. She is the co-founder of BWOM. Again, you can find them online. You can also follow them on Instagram. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.